Welcome to the All-in-One Podcast for Middle School Language Arts Teachers. I'm Linda, and I've been a teacher for over 30 years. I can help you with tips, tricks, and motivation that will simplify your planning, streamline your teaching, and enjoy more free time. Well, hey there, it's Linda. If you're listening in real time, it's the weekend before Halloween, and I'm absolutely sure that you're feeling it in your classroom. Um, I know how tough the month of October can be, but the good news is, is that we're almost through it, and hopefully you'll enjoy it a little bit as well. Um, I'm hoping that you're in a good groove in your classroom and that your units are going well. If you need any help with your units, by the way, I do have a series of podcasts both on reading and writing workshop. And if you haven't checked them out, I hope that you'll give them a listen. Before we get into today's topic, I want to make sure that you know I always mention at least one freebie in my podcast. Um, In this podcast, I'll be mentioning several that I think will help you. I also really want to encourage you to sign up for my email list. I make a bunch of freebies and when I do, I just send them out to my email subscribers with no strings attached. Um, If you're part of my email list, you'll also be alerted when there is a sale or a new product of interest. So you'll definitely want to opt into this and that will all be linked in my show notes. So today, we're going to talk about a really, really exciting topic, which is grammar. (laughs) Just kidding. Don't turn it off yet. Um, Grammar lessons are tough. It is tough to find time to do them. It is tough to know what to do. And it is tough to not bore your students and yourself to death. Um, Now, I happen to really love grammar, but teaching grammar can be a little bit, it can feel tedious without the right tools at your disposal. But, you know, we know kids need grammar, yet somehow we are all over the place in this country with how we should teach it, when we should teach it, and how much we should teach it. As a teacher's pay teacher seller, I can tell you firsthand that people number one, don't teach grammar, and number two, do not have any resources to do so. Um, I'm thinking back into my career as a sixth grade language arts teacher when I first began, and I'm going to really date myself here when I tell you how I used to teach it. I would create these handwritten grammar lessons on transparencies for those of you who even know what they are, and project them on an overhead projector. I would have my kids gather around and take notes and then do the worksheet that I made for them. And although I know that personality-wise, I could always engage my kids because, you know, I would be silly with them. I'd say, gather around the grammar campfire and let's get started. And I would, you know, I would just do my whole shtick with them. But really what I was doing was absolutely not the best method of teaching. Um, I was teaching them a lot of disconnected skills, and some of these skills were really hard. Um, I remember a lesson on the subjunctive voice. 
and they were just baffled. And quite frankly, I there are some language arts teachers who don't even know what that is. So in any event, <laughs> I'm hopeful that my many years of experience and my many, many mistakes to get to me where to I am now are going to help you. But I really don't want to say that I made mistakes. That's not really the right term. This is what my district handed to me. I mean, they gave me this big outdated grammar book that was really just in my room and I had to figure out a way to deliver it to my sixth graders. And this was the best I could do because obviously the technology was not there at the time, as you can see by the fact that I was making handwritten transparencies. So that was how I did it and I tried to embellish it as much as I could with my own teaching personality. So what I, the, the, the reason I'm telling you this is that if you're teaching grammar in a less than exciting way or not teaching it at all, I don't think it's your fault. Your district has probably failed you by not providing you what you need to do this. And I'm going to get into this a little bit more in a moment. Um, but today we're going to discuss three easy ways to sneak in more grammar lessons. So I'm going to help you sneak it in, which means I'm hoping that you have some sort of grammar program, even though I know many of you do not. And I want to talk to you more about getting into grammar easily and naturally. So I'm going to kind of continue my rant here that I started about your district not really giving you what you need. It's just mind boggling to me when I hear about teachers scrambling to figure out how they're going to teach something, whether it's writing or grammar, because they have no resources. And, you know, we, we need resources to effectively teach anything, especially something that can be as dry and should be taught pretty methodically like grammar should. And so why haven't our schools done this? If the school curriculum powers that be have done their job, teachers would not be in the position they are in to figure it out for themselves. And there would be some kind of consistency, not just across a state, but across our country, regarding such a standard piece of language arts education. When I remember being observed in a writing workshop lesson, which by the way, the district had me trained for a writing workshop. It contained nothing about grammar. And in my observation, my administrator said to me, how are you incorporating grammar? And my question was, how do you want me to incorporate grammar? Because I don't have anything to do this. Now, granted, I was an established and quite seasoned teacher when I said this. I don't recommend a new teacher saying that, but Quite honestly, that was really my question. And it, it did begin a good conversation. I'm not saying anything ever got done, but I do understand the position that many of you are in. Okay, rant is over. Well, maybe my rant is over. That's a, It's a tough one though. But in a perfect world, we would all have the time to naturally teach grammar and have engaging tools at the ready but it is not a perfect world. But I do have some suggestions to hopefully make it a bit easier. So for me, I ultimately found that creating my own program was helpful 
because it's less time consuming in the classroom, more hands-on, more engaging, and less tedious for the kids and me. I will tell you when I say it's less time consuming, I don't mean it was less time consuming for me to create it. I meant it's less time consuming to do it and to teach it. But I will tell you, it took me a long, long time to get this together into what it is now. And it's actually on my TPT store. I'll link it if you don't have a grammar program and you're interested. Um, It's a full year of lessons and it's very to the point and the activities are not tedious. They are not boring. They're personalized. And if you want to check it out, please do. I also have a freebie sampler of it so you can actually really check it out and see if it's right for you. Okay, so let's start by talking about why teach grammar in middle school. Well, as a podcaster, a blogger, and an educator, I always feel like it's necessary to get into the why. I don't know if that's really necessary to do here, but I'll play along and I'll keep it brief. Here are a few reasons why you should teach grammar in middle school. First, we are language arts teachers. Grammar is part of language arts. Two, having good grammar is a must in any academic setting. Three, having good grammar is a must in any speaking situation, and it says a lot about you when your grammar is poor. And although I, you know what? Let me let me backtrack on that. Sometimes people perceive it that way. I'm not saying that you know that it sounds very snobbish the way I said that, and so I don't want you to take that the wrong way. But if you were in a job interview and your grammar is very poor, it can speak very poorly of you. Um, kids, four kids don't understand naturally all the components of grammar. It needs to be taught directly. And five, when you teach something directly, kids don't always apply it. I know that is not news to you. So they need practice. So to sum that up, we must teach grammar, period. You know it, I know it, society knows it. So let's do it. All right, let's get into my first tip to sneaking in more grammar into your curriculum. First, make grammar lessons personal. In any teaching situation, the best way to get a concept to stick is to make it personal. I've also been a social studies teacher, and I know how important it is to make topics relatable. Kids don't understand something like, say, taxes in social studies, unless you tax them. And I mean, you tax them as an activity, of course. I would never actually tax a student, or or would I? <laughs> but in any event, you know, you have to come up with these activities that make it personal to them. And the same holds true for a grammar lesson. It's a bit trickier, but it can be done. I will tell you, I absolutely love the questions feature in my Google Classroom. And I use it all the time for my anticipatory sets. And an anticipatory set is, some of you might call it a bell ringer or just a do now. But I use it all the time for that. 
Let me give you a couple of examples. On a Monday morning, I might ask kids to describe their weekend using a noun, an adjective, and a verb. And I would just put that in my Google question. They do it real quick. It pops up. We talk about it for a couple of minutes and you're done. And it's personal. Um, here's another idea. Ask kids to write a compound sentence that briefly describes their favorite Netflix series. Another example, ask kids to write a sentence about their BFF using an objective pronoun. And so you can see the possibilities are really endless here. And honestly, they love doing this. And they don't feel the grammar as much. They, you know, I what I'll do on the Google question, you can always attach something as well. So I might attach a, a quick thing of what an objective pronoun is, or I'll just write it in the directions when I'm writing the question. And I always answer the question as well. And it's just kind of a nice way to get to know your kids and to incorporate some grammar as you do that. Um, if you're unsure about that Google questions portion of Google Classroom. I do have a blog post on that and I'll be sure to link that in the show notes. I just wanted to give you a quick example too of how my grammar program that I talked about that I developed is personal. So one of my topics is direct objects. I have a teacher slide and by the way all of my lessons are on only one slide. I make them quick and brief. Um, and then the activity is to create a list of objects that are personal to them and to create a couple of sentences from that. And, you know, they have to make sure that they know where the action verb is and they do some highlighting. But because their objects are personal to them, they're, they're just more into it. It's not some weird uh, worksheet that has no relationship to anything that they even know about. So hopefully, even if you don't, choose to use my program, you'll keep in mind to keep your lessons quick and to keep the activities personal. Okay, tip number two, it sounds, these sound very, um, I don't know, cliche, but it really is true. You want to make your grammar lessons engaging. Easier said than done? Not, not really. Let me give you a couple of ideas. So, Many of us remember the mind-numbing boredom of grammar classes and homework. In fact, I was a teacher who did that, as I told you. It is not necessary to overdo grammar either, especially in isolation. Finding quick and engaging ways is easier than ever with the dawn of so many online platforms. There are so many online resources to use. Some are paid and some are free. I do like online tools at times because I think the kids find it much more engaging than paper and pencil, especially if they're doing some kind of a workbook activity that can be very boring. Um, if you're looking for something for free, I would recommend No Red Ink. I've used it and I've liked it. It's engaging and they personalize the prompts to kids' interest. Um, the kids actually complete a survey when they're signing up. I usually do, they they have a uh, like a quick little grammar lesson. I do that on Mondays and briefly go over the assignment. It's about a five minute lesson. There's no need to kill it. And then I assign the lesson on no red ink. Or you can do the same if your district uses IXL and have students 
maybe turn it in the following Monday. If you want to get them really engaged, one thing that I can always find to use in my room is music. I use music um, anytime possible in language arts and when I do social studies as well. So having the latest hit or funny song playing as kids come in gets them revved up. And then as I do now, I might have them pick out the action verbs or um, maybe I would have them correct the verb tenses in the song because I don't know if you know this, but many songs are not grammatically correct and it actually makes it you know, especially the verb tenses. Take Really, take a listen. You will hear that verb tenses are often messed up in a song. So you can pick a skill and have them use that song to do it. So there's many resources on TPT and, and Boom. If you know the Boom platform, they're really engaging game style uh for, for any skill and any grade level. And grammar is, of course, included in that. Uh, I, I will tell you that I have a bunch, obviously, in my TPT store. I'll link them. Um, I have a, cho- a grammar choice board. I have actually, if you're listening in real time, I have a Halloween-based pixel art grammar activity, and the kids really like that. So I'll be sure to, like I said, link all of that in the show notes. Okay, my final tip, tip number three is making grammar in middle school a priority. We all know that if you want something done in class, you have to plan for it and you have to make time for it and you have to make it a priority. And that means being consistent as well. So you want to start by selecting your grammar goals for the month. And I really think one is sufficient. One a day is way too much. Here's a plan that I follow on most weeks. So on Monday, I will introduce my concept, my skill. Either now I use my own grammar program or you could use No Red Ink or IXL. And you introduce the concept and you assign the activity on Monday. Honestly, it shouldn't take that long. It should take between five and 10 minutes. On Tuesday, use a question on Google Classroom that's related to the skill. On Wednesday, incorporate the skill into your reading or writing mini lesson. For example, if the lesson that you are doing in grammar is on subjective, objective, and possessive pronouns, you can point out a few in their reading or have them share some of them from their writing. Make it quick and natural so it would be like a quick share around. On Thursday, as an exit ticket, incorporate your skill. As an example, if you are in the middle of a class novel, have the kids write a complex sentence to describe the character, okay? On Friday, at the end of class, give kids a little time to work on finishing Monday's assignment. So I kind of follow this pattern. Do I follow it perfectly? No. (laughs) Are there any perfect weeks in school? No. But this is kind of what I aim for, and I really do try to do it, and it, the kids know what to expect, and it works really well. So in this manner, you'll get a lot of grammar lessons and activities in without using a huge chunk of time from your already busy schedule. Okay, so that is a wrap. We talked about why teach grammar, 
the importance of having some sort of grammar program and how to sneak it in in creative ways. Um, I would absolutely love if you to hear from you on this, if you have a grammar program, what works for you, what doesn't work for you. Um, if you want to rant a little bit, that's okay too. And I am always interested in hearing from you and I will link my email in the, sh in the show notes. I do want to take a moment before you go to cordially invite you to join my Facebook group. It really is brand new and the teachers who joined are engaged and have really great tips. If you are new, you're going to find it's a great place to get inspiration and ask your questions. And if you are a veteran teacher, you will be surprised at some of the ideas you've never considered. And I'll leave a link to that below as well. I hope this information was helpful. Be sure to check the links that I mentioned in the show notes. My email is available there as well in case you have questions or comments. You can also DM me on Instagram at allinonemiddleschool. Thanks for listening, and I'll catch you in the next episode.